The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you. They have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Lent is upon us. So good and miserable afternoon to all of us here, huh? And gather, as we gather today with our parish family, as we kick off this amazing, amazing season. So ask yourself, why, why all of this the whole season of Lent? Remember, Lent is, in a sense, it's a precursor to the joys of Easter. It's that preparation period. So before we can be happy and merry, we must first suffer. Why? Why? Suffering should be common to us Christians. The first organized persecution against us happened in the year 64, so a long, long time ago. At that time, the emperor was by a man named Nero. Many of you, we've talked about Nero previously in the past. So Nero was, was a madman. He was crazy. So egotistical he was, was that he had his own wife murdered and his own children murdered. Why? Because they thought they would usurp his power. And in the year 64, something called the Great Fire of Rome took place. Very conveniently, in the place where Nero wanted to build a massive palace, and he did it. He built it. He built it. In fact, if you go to Rome today, you can visit the remnants of this magnificent palace he had built for himself. And very conveniently, where this fire happened in Rome was precisely the place he wanted to build. Devastated the entire city for six days, a raving fire for six days took place. And shortly afterwards, rumors began to spread. 
Nero caused the fire to build his palace. And then what do all the politicians always do? Tired, same politicians. When they're getting too much flack, what do they do? Deflect, find a scapegoat, and blame them. Turn the attention all the way to this little group. And guess who was a convenient, convenient target? That little tiny group which everybody hated. Us. We were hated by the Jews. We were hated by the Romans. And we weren't, we weren't a massive church back then. Remember, we were in the year 64, we were a tiny little group. And so Nero blamed us for the fire. And in 64 AD, the first organized wave of persecutions happened. And you can read about the eyewitness testimony. We have a, a Roman historian by the name of Tacitus who wrote down his eyewitness testimony of what he saw. You know what they did to us, our ancestors? They crucified us, put us on the major roadways of Rome, poured oil on us, and used us as lamps at night. In their games, they would throw the skins of animals on Christians. Throw us into the Colosseums, throw us in their games, and have us torn to pieces by dogs. Our ancestors endured this. And it's at this time, in the year 64, the same wave of persecution when St. Peter himself would die. In the year 64, Peter, by this point, would have probably been a man in his 60s. And the story goes how Peter died was that during this wave of persecution under Nero, Peter was fleeing the city of Rome. He was running away. And in a particular spot, and you go to this church today, it's called the Church of Quo Vadis. It's in Latin. And it said on this spot where this now church is built, that as Peter was running away from Rome, he encounters Jesus walking the opposite direction, heading towards Rome. Peter, seeing Jesus, asked him, My Lord, where are you going? Quo vadis in Latin. And Jesus said to Peter, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. I am going to Rome to be crucified again. What do you think was going through Peter's head at that moment? I imagine, again, it's pure speculation, but I imagine at that moment, Peter, seeing Jesus, walking back to Rome. I bet Peter would have immediately imagined 30 years prior when Jesus was crucified the first time, when Peter was a young man. Because remember what happened when Jesus was walking to Jerusalem to be crucified for the first time. Where did Peter go? He ran away, didn't he? Peter ran away. And I guarantee you that went through his mind when he encountered Jesus on that road outside of Rome. 
And I think this is a powerful testimony. Why? Because my brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. There will come a time in your life when you will be tempted to stop following Jesus. There will come a time in your life when you want to abandon Him. When it will be easier to simply turn away from Him and stop practicing the faith. I guarantee you this will happen. Why? You read all the lives of the saints. You read the great spiritual masters of 2,000 years. And they will all testify to this. Mother Teresa herself, that great, amazing modern saint. You read her diaries and her letters. She herself said, does God even exist? She wanted to leave Jesus, Mother Teresa did. She felt no consolation in her heart whatsoever. There will come a time in our lives when we want to abandon the Lord. And this is what makes Christianity so utterly hard. Because as Christians, what we say is that we are no longer in control of our life. We are no longer in control of where we go or what we do. But rather, the Christian disciple now says, Lord, I will follow you. And when you make that decision, we have to first understand that we cannot control God. Think back now on the shores of Galilee when Peter first met Jesus. Remember, we, we first, when he first encountered the Lord, he was at work. He was fishing. And Jesus appeared to him and he said, Peter, come and follow me. When he followed our Lord, do you think Peter understood the implication of that? He did not. He did not know that 30 years later he would wind up in the city of Rome. But he simply said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go and whatever that means. So now jump back to the year 64. Peter is fleeing the first persecution. He sees Jesus now walking to be crucified again. What will he do? Amazingly, we know what happened. Peter turned around and walked back to Rome. He would eventually be arrested and he would be killed on the spot where now Vatican City lies. That is why the Vatican is there. That is why our headquarters of our church is there. Because we built our church on the spot where Peter himself died. And do you remember the story? When they were going to crucify Peter, you know what he said? He said, I am unworthy to die in the same manner of, as my Lord. Crucify me upside down. And so, in the middle of this Roman circus, Peter, right in the middle, was nailed to a tree. Imagine now what went through his head as he hung there upside down 
the blood draining from his wounds. I bet you Peter was happy. I bet Peter rejoiced. Because unlike the first time when he failed our Lord and he ran away when it was hard, he learned his lesson and he said, Lord, I will follow you. Even though I do not want to die, even though I'd rather be on the shores of Galilee fishing again, but I will follow you to the end. This is what Lent is about. Lent is all about turning around. And we say, Lord, I have messed up in my life. I have not been the Christian that I have been called to be. I have allowed the world to get in the way. You see, today it is a lot easier to stop following Jesus. Why? Because we don't have a Roman Emperor Nero. So we can easily point at Nero. Oh, Nero's persecuting us. We don't live in northern Iraq where ISIS holds a gun to our head and say, stop going to mass. No, we don't have an enemy to look at that. We don't live in Nigeria where we have Boko Haram who says to us and kidnaps our children and enslaves them because we're Christian. We don't have a physical enemy like that now. No, but rather, but you know what we face here? An enemy that is much more invisible. We face indifference to Jesus Christ. See, that's a lot harder to see because I can't point to you and say, oh, that's, that, that's indifference. No, I can't, I can't point that to you. It's more of an attitude to put God on a shelf. And when we don't need him, we leave him there. And then when we do need him, we take him off the shelf and play with him. And then we don't we need him anymore, we put him back. Indifference. See, that's a lot harder. It's like a cancer. Because it's subtle, requires little compromises. In a sense, it's a sense, it's the, it's the attitude of the frog in boiling water. It takes time, slowly, and before we know it, all of a sudden, we've drifted far, far away. Do you see why that's a lot harder? But here's the beautiful truth of our faith: is that no matter how far we've drifted. Drifted. Lent is our opportunity now to say, Lord, I am turning around. I leave it all behind and I will follow you wherever that may lead. And that's the beauty and the genius of Lent now. Because as St. Paul says, now listen, I'll end here. My brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. And I implore on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Remember that word reconciled, two words in Latin, which means be eye to eye with God, eyelash to eyelash. That's what the word means, reconcilia. To be eyelash to eyelash with God, again. And Paul says, who cares what we've done in the past? Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Turn around. Walk back to Rome with the 60-year-old Peter.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.